Hello. Hi, Colif. Hi, Isabella. Oh, it feels so nice to hear your voice. Oh, back at you. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here. I'm so excited that you're here. Well, thank you. <laughs> How was your day? How are you? Uh, my day's been okay. I uh, drove for too many hours, um, but, you know, trying to find my center, and it's now the end of the day over here, so things are winding down. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I worked on, like, a little freelance gig that I have. I just did some copy editing. Nice. So my eyes are really fuzzy and... Mm hazy and tired Mm. which is always you know fun oh yeah i I got these glasses that are supposed to help blue block yes yeah my brother is all about the blue blocking (laughs) (laughs) but call it i cannot i i do not know if they actually work like i (laughs) i hear good things you i hear good things like i'm here for it i'm here to try all of the things that protect me but the mm. thing is, is that I put them on and they, mm. maybe it's just because mine are dirty. But mm. like, <laughs> they're like hazy and then I, I put them on and I'm like, I can't really see. And then I take them off and then my eyes are just bleeding. So. I feel like you should get some polarized ones. Also, do you have like flux like that? Flux is essential. Not that I'm plugging a brand, but listeners, <laughs> you should definitely get flux. If you don't have flux, it'll change your life. Okay, I'm super going to look into that after. Also, please introduce yourself. Oh, oh yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Kalev. Um, I, I guess I'll give my full name. My name is Colin Casper. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, theirs. Um, and I am an artist, child care provider, freelancer, worker, graphic designer, writer, like friend, you know, I'm trying to survive. Uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that was perfect. That was amazing. Who, wait, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Isabella. I am sweaty and mm, me too. puffy mm. and very dry and dehydrated. Mm. Well, I actually am just recently moisturized, so I'm 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 sated in that sense. Oh, what kind of moisturizers are you using these days? I'm I'm keeping it simple and cheap, but you know, well reviewed. The CeraVe, uh, yes, 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 thirty yes. SPF AM, all about it. And then I also have this amazing like jellified water toner from La Cetan en Provence, um, which is amazing. Highly recommended. Everyone should get it. It's life-changing. It's lasted me like a year and a half. Love it. I am legitimately going to text you for all of these brands that mm. you just... <laughs> absolutely, just absolutely. Plug. They should be paying you. All of them I, should As be they should. As this. they should. Yeah, no, I mean, if La Cetan en Provence, if you're listening to this, you know, slide me a DM. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. At yes, call it. Y e s k a l e v. Um. Well, I'm so excited to be here. We're gonna talk about a whole bunch of things today, but mm. let's just get started. I know the last time we talked, you told me that you were doing childcare. Yeah. Or how is that? like working right now with COVID and everything else? It's been going okay. I mean, like, it's definitely... So I guess like a little like work history um, about me is I have worked many jobs as I feel like sort of everybody has in our generation. Um, And I think like one that has always come very easily to me and I just have gotten a lot of experience with um, is childcare. Um, So it's always sort of been my like emergency fallback from like middle school onward. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after I graduated from USC, I spent like a year sort of like trying trying to figure out like how to exist um, and mm-hmm. pay for my rent. Um, Cause I was like, Oh wow. Like rent is really real. And the yeah. world really doesn't care about you. Like you <laughs> just have to suffer. Um, and mm. I was like very saddened by that as one is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started working as like a freelance writer doing like all kinds of random online work like literally I just went to Indeed um, and like typed in remote um, and then just like sent off hundreds of applications and then randomly ended up writing for like a bunch of plastic surgery websites like Mm -hmm. we've really been through the gambit Um, but uh, so once the pandemic happened I had been like working for a year like kind of remotely and in my house so I had like a decent enough like flavor and taste for like what it's like to be like trapped in the box um and 
I really didn't want to be trapped in the box. And also then one of my jobs like ended. Um, and so I had like a half of an income, but was like, this really doesn't feel right right now. Like I'm already inside all of the time. Like project management is like so, so hard. Um, and just like all of like the game that is freelance work was like really just like overwhelming. And I couldn't really like get my like spirit together or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, at that time, I basically was like, you know what? Like I'm just going to find a family to work with um, over the summer. And then I found this like really amazing queer family, which has been my like first time working with fellow queer people um, in like a childcare setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been so awesome. I like have like a sweet, tiny little trans sister who I'm like taking care of. And like, wow. that's been like one of the most like magical and mystifying and like powerful and fun experiences of my life and I do feel like really really grateful um for that and I think like as I think we'll like get into talking about later on like I think by this point um I like knew pretty much what I wanted to ask for and so I've like asked for like a very nice I'm getting paid like $25 an hour which is fucking great um am I allowed to curse yes you are Okay, great. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, so that's been very nice. And like, I, I asked for like a lot of like good uh, work stipends, like getting paid if I'm sick or whatever. So I feel like I'm being taken care of. Like, it's definitely not my forever gig. But in terms of pandemic survival jobs, I have been indecently grateful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I feel like one, I just learned so much because I didn't know <laughs> that you're working for a queer family. That's amazing an amazing yeah, opportunity cool. and also okay two things I think it's super dope that you were like this is something that I can fall back on and you like kind of because I, I remember when you were telling me about um working for like writing for mm-hmm. uh, plastic surgery place and obviously that's like slightly out of your comfort zone but I think mm-hmm. that it's like really cool that you kind of like gave yourself the freedom this year to just be like okay I know that this is like a fallback job Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna do it and you fell into an opportunity where you also were empowered to ask for what you want and need and and that's incredible (laughs) because that takes a lot it takes a lot to like Mm. allow yourself the freedom to do the thing that you kind of resist like was it like a freedom that you gave yourself or were you more just like I know I can do this I'm gonna I mean I think I mean I think like Uh, So, like, when my, like, job, when my first job, like, was, like, hey, we have to, like, massively scale back. So, like, I was writing for, uh, for, like, a pretty big company, and they were, like, we still will give you a job, but now you will be paid $9 an hour minus taxes. And I was, like, I cannot write like I like I can dissociate enough to like write anything if I'm getting paid enough money but like Mm -hmm. at $9 an hour I was like I cannot work like 180 hours a month doing something that like I don't adore um yeah so that was my first thing that I was just like this is completely unsustainable and then I basically was like thinking and looking at the world being like everyone and their mother and like their mother's mother is looking for a remote job right now um, and is out of work. So like, I am not about to like blindly enter applying right now. Like, cause I feel like that is just like the who knows, like Mm -hmm. anything could happen. I could be waiting for months. I could not be waiting for months. And so in that sense, I was sort of like, I need to mobilize. um, And like, I know that I have the like experience and language to like be able to get a childcare job at literally any time and in that sense I was like this will free up the most of my time um like giving me as much space um, as I can to like uh work on the things that I'm actually passionate about like work on caring for myself um and I think like also something that has been cool about especially like childcare in this time is that like I do I mean I do find a lot like there is a lot of like very deep meaning to working with kids and like I also think that that's very powerful and cool and I'm very grateful for that in terms of like I would so much rather like spend my time when I'm doing my necessary work like hanging out with little people who are like very cool and creative and fun yeah. and non-judgmental um, and who like are like figuring out the world and can teach me so much then I would would like doing service where like that yeah. is just and I and have been there previously and like yes. that is just a kind of like cosmic cost that is so great and I mean I think like 
working as a nanny definitely comes with all kinds of like weird pitfalls and traps of like being in someone's home and like all of the like emotional like stuff and like performance of self that you have to maintain Mm -hmm. um and like performance of like i'm an eager worker like and and also like the like just many many levels of Mm -hmm. complication um but they're complications that i know a little bit better and i like a little bit better and so it feels like the 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 lesser of the evils uh choosable fully yeah fully 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 fill you on the performing in someone's house i yeah how do you find having the current job that you have right now um how does it affect you when you come home and what is it like yeah you know because like i know we're living through a pandemic and i i've talked about this multiple times this year but like i'm not in this place right now where i'm like composing and creating so much but does it free you up like time to like do the art that you're you feel connected to right now like what like really what does it feel like when you walk through the door um so yes and no so I think um a couple things and so first I I feel like the so when I spent my year like writing remotely I was also living in Indonesia for like six months very Mm -hmm. randomly um while doing that and so I think like that period of time like because I both was like I'm gonna go move with my best friend to Indonesia and like we're gonna work remotely and make a shitload of art and it'll be so easy and fun because we'll be in paradise it was not easy um and so I think like I spent like that year like really trying to figure out like what it meant to be um a creative worker in the world right now um and sort of like trying to figure out um like how to craft my own reality um at each like different part of the day to like both be able to be like a productive worker and like to this extent that like I can get paid um because I'm yeah. not trying, uh, getting back to working badly like fuck being a productive worker like I just yes. want to give you the product and clock out um yeah. and so like I would like talk to my therapist a lot about like what are the skills that like I need to be able to do that and so I think like the big ones, my biggest one is like physical transitions. Like that has been um, really, really essential to me in terms of like whenever I finish a job or like I'm transitioning in my day to like a creative period or a rest period, um, like changing my clothes um, or taking a shower or just doing something to like make uh, a demarcated like shift in my mm-hmm. physical bearing um, was has been very, very helpful in sort of being like, okay, like I'm no longer that self or like like and now I'm transitioning into these other aspects um and so that's like number one number two is like maintaining my space like keeping my space clean um and so like that both of those things I think have been like pretty successful over this like last whatever six months like over the summer before the kids were in school I was working like um like six hours a day and like or like seven like seven six and a half um hours a day and that I have found is too much for me um like at six and a half hours a day five days a week like I truly do not understand how people do nine to fives like it is something that I just have never understood like I don't have the skills for it I'm too weak like I (laughs) I, I can't do it I don't have the fortitude um and in that sense like I like coming home after six hours like uh it's so hard especially because I think like that's another thing of like like childcare labor is like so much of your energy is pulled into um being like with the children and like making sure that they're safe and like all of these other like basic things and like are just basically asking for like a constant degree of attention because like good Mm -hmm. caretaking is like being present with a kid always um whether or not like that's like them having quiet time or whatever but like that was really hard. Um, and then when like school started, I transitioned to doing like just afternoon aftercare. So I'm like making really just enough money to be paying my bills. But like once yeah. that shift sort of happened, like a lot opened up. Like I found a lot more like peace and ability to like keep my time as my own. Like I think like the when I have a significant chunk of the morning and day and night, like I get so much more done. Like I think like and I think like no matter what, like if you're working, like there's going to be a part of your day where you're like like just holding work stress like work stuff like work brain like all of that is invariably going to like like leak into the rest of you and so I think like the 
however much you are working, I think like requires an equivalent amount of like time, not necessarily like a direct one-to-one ratio, but like an equivalent amount of time to like sort of like unthread those things if you want to. Like, and I think that there are many people who just never unthread those things. And those people are fucking stressed out. I really don't (laughs) want to be that person. Um, And so I think like trying to be intentional about like what's most important also like in the day being like how much is too much like that's also really been a big lesson of this time of being like what can I accomplish and how can I think about like my creative practices um and like my emotional growth um in ways that are manageable and just like trying to make everything just like the smallest bit easier and also like trying to provide myself a lot of kindness because obviously we are undergoing a mass trauma like for the last nine months um and in that sense I think like there have been so many like emotional walls and I think like many times where I like don't even realize like what's happening and then two weeks later I'm like oh like that stressor or like (laughs) whatever it was was like totally making me insane um and I think also a big process of like um putting out many small fires like I feel like each time I am like successfully attending to like one aspect here wait and let me find my my therapy note I recently came up with a good uh, some therapy notes for the for the fans um (laughs) so like (laughs) um I've like been trying to like figure out like what are the aspects of myself that I'm like quote unquote working on um and like what are my like long-term goals and so like I've broken it down into like the dimensions of self that like I am like ideally like when I reach my nirvana it's gonna happen my therapist says it won't but I say it will um but uh my like nirvana will be when I'm like holding all of these like pillars of self um the same um and so those pillars are like my art journey um my sexual journey um my journey with like eating and food and sustenance Mm -hmm. um and then also my journey of self-expansion which is like my imaginary expansion my expansion of like my physical space and my understanding of my body um and then also in relation to work spending and finances um and so i think like whenever under the pandemic stress whenever I like am really cooking with one of those things like two to three of the other ones really fucking fall out of play um and so I think that's been a big process as well of like trying to understand just like what is possible like what is possible and how to make like small piecemeal but holistic steps um towards like living the kind of life and using the time that I have on this earth as I would like to yeah I mean, wow, those are such beautiful pillars of self. And that makes me want to open my journal after this and find or at least like think about mine. Yeah. Such a beautiful way of putting it. Um, This is hella personal and you don't have to answer it if you don't Mm -hmm. want to. But can I ask you how you feel right now in this moment with those pillars of self? Like, yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So I think like I, I mean, I think like, yeah, I think in my art journey, I mean, my art journey is uh, the one I am I am most confused by, but also, like, most excited by presently. Um, I've been finding, like, a lot of strength and sure-footedness in terms of, like, my ability to sort of do, like, small and rote tasks, which then add up to like quote-unquote art that I would like a little more like I've I I, uh, do a lot of like drawing and so I've been trying to like just put something down even if it's five minutes and then just returning and trying to like set like a 15 minute timer and then do 15 minutes and then at 15 minutes like decide whether or not I want to go forward and so I think like some of those tools um, and a dear friend of mine recently talked about like the ability to sort of like transmute your emotions into like whatever product you're making in art and I think like those mm-hmm. like gears are getting a little looser right now and I think that's been um pretty cool but then I think also alongside that like with the pandemic um and like general just like 2020 stress like I think like a lot of latent patterns and like things that like I feel like I've like quote unquote progressed past like a lot of the like Mm. base level like self-doubt journeys and like getting outside of the like I hate myself voice like these things that like I spent like a great deal of time thinking about and feel like I have like a very real like 
cognitive understanding of like those things are coming back in like a very new way because I'm just stressed out and I think like as like my brain is just like it's much easier to like go back to those things and be like you suck than be like yeah. the world is ending um, yeah <laughs> and like you're doing pretty good and like also yeah. like trying to get to the fact that like those voices are not saying I suck but rather are just being like I am not where I want to be and I think like I'm trying to shift from being like like engaging with the I suck loop because like no matter how many times I say like I don't suck like my brain will be like I suck and then I'm like oh yes that's the truth yep Mm -hmm. the end like trying to be like my brain is trying to say I'm not where I am how do I get to tomorrow like how just how do I get to tomorrow um so that's sort of the art journey um my sexual journey has been like also a very 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 big theme of this year I think like 2020 has brought to the fore a lot of personal like sexual growth that I did not really expect in terms of like both like how desire functions like how I am thinking about myself in relation to like being wanted and wanting someone um and I think like also like the place where like sex exists in my life like I think for a very long time sex has been like this very like magical and wonderful escape and coping mechanism um that like I no longer have any access to and I think like the the like Mm -hmm. combined aspects of like some ways which I was not treating myself with like the the utmost kindness as my sexual self because of like inherent shame and like all of the things that like everybody goes with in sex broken conservative culture um like those things have definitely like there are many things that I feel like I would have learned like five years down the line that are now like we've got to deal with this right fucking now like right fucking yep. now because the consequence is like I have to figure out how to exist right now in a time where like I there is no safe way to like like be physically intimate with another human being like unless like they're the person who's like in your life all the time and even then it's a risk uh, yeah and so like I have been on a sexual journey inward um, and yes, I love yeah, this. it's been fun. It's been cool. I've been like trying to like really um, think more about like uh, what, like when my brain is experiencing horniness and when my brain is experiencing loneliness and like trying to address those two things um, like differently. I feel like this 2020, which I encourage all people on the internet to do has been a wonderful like masturbatory year. Like that's been something I've been like really trying to focus on. It's like getting myself like more excited for like self-touch um, and like yeah. sexual touch and like also mm-hmm. like engaging um, in like, like some forms of virtual sex which like I think offer a chance for like connection um, and like mutual pleasure without any of the like the physical risks so that's yeah. a short update on my sex journey um, <laughs> the food journey I'm just gonna keep listening them off the food journey is also going okay um, cooking is hard I live alone right now so and it's been my first time living alone as well this year so like figuring out how to shop for myself and how to get excited about food you know, like, we're still trying to figure it out. We're still trying to yeah. figure it out. I'm not, this, I'm not there yet, but I am, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Um, and I'm cooking more. So that's all I can ask for. Um, and finally, my like self expansion journeys. I think those are the ones that have really like blossomed this year in a really cool way. I think like the amount of alone time I've had has given me um, a lot of room to sort of like, step further into the like forest of my mind um and sort of like explore like new paths and places that like I didn't necessarily think about previously and I think also like trying to validate um and solidify like my imaginary world and sort of like the places both like emotional and otherwise that like I can go to inside of myself um while I can't go anywhere else (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. and that's been cool so those yeah those are my those are my big pillars oh my gosh that was so expansive just the whole thing I thank you so much for sharing that I feel like Oh god, I just I miss you so I miss you much. Too, man. Um I really connected to your sexual journey. Mm. Um and it's interesting that I, I feel so connected to it because I'm in a relationship right now. Mm. But this has been the first time in my life where I feel like sex has become something 
I mean, I connect with myself now, mm. like with self-touch, and I connect with my partner. Mm. Um, and it's it's weird that, that I'm 24 years old and that this is the first year that I feel like sex has been actually connected, mm. like authentically. Mm. And that has been huge because I think sex has always come from this really interesting place of like, I'm feeling like shamed or I'm mm-hmm. feeling low. Mm-hmm reach for sex reach for some type of sex Mm. um Mm. whether that be like validation Mm -hmm. uh, over my own sexualization of myself Mm -hmm. um or like find a partner who finds you Mm -hmm. sexually appealing like right now Mm. because that's what you're feeling Mm. and it's been really really powerful to find myself turned on in like this new way Mm Yeah, just thank you for sharing because mm-hmm. I, I just feel very connected. No, I feel, with... I feel, yeah, I think like the the ever-changing role of desire and like, yeah, no, it's so, it's so dissociative. It's so like yes. intensely, yeah, sex is crazy. Sex is crazy, very cool and fun, but I, yeah, no, I have no equations, still many questions. <laughs> yeah, and it is, it's crazy how we're even on the subject right now when we talk about work because... Mm-hmm. I think not having work in my life as this physical place that I go mm. to, it's more like, like you were saying, like, cause I, I mostly work. I, I don't really, I'm not working as much right now, but like when I do, I work um, in my house still, yeah. like I'm fully remote. So I have to make like physical shifts yeah. to work and not having work to go to in this like physical aspect mm. has changed how I relate to sex. Totally, totally. Like, yeah, it's 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 interesting how because yeah. um, when I was working um, at a restaurant, um, when was that even? I don't even know when that was. Like, I don't know what this year even is. We're in December time, time now. Doesn't but... Exist. Hmm. <laughs> but I was working in a restaurant last year, and I would work like eight to nine hours a day, pretty much like six days a week I think. Mm-hmm. and I I like didn't have anything at that time in my life mm-hmm. like I didn't have any drive other than to just sleep watch TV, <laughs> yeah. eat. and also like weirdly was on dating apps at the same time not that yeah. there's like any shame connected to that but like I was so under stimulated mm-hmm. that I was like okay, let me just, like, Anybody. Get... Yeah, someone tell me I'm hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah someone be exactly. interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, the word I would go for that has changed mm. the most in my life this year is, like, intimacy. Mm. Like, intimacy with myself and yeah. intimacy with others. Just make, And also just making that, like, a more intentional decision. Totally. Oh. Yeah, I, I hear. I mean, I think something else I've been thinking about a lot recently and also talking with like one of my dear friends who I lived in Indonesia with is like the um, the Matrix, the film, um, 1999's Masterpiece. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but been thinking a lot about like the the sort of like red pill, blue pill as like a very big um, and very resonant metaphor for like most of life right now. Um, and like seeing I feel like 2020 is like the major indicator of like who it, I, I who in your life is a red pillar or who is a blue pillar uh, and I think like I yeah no I feel like for me I, I think like the sexual journey to like lean like with so much time right now like I feel like there is either the option to like lean into like all of the intricacies and contradictions of like what is inside of us and what is near us or to just be like nope like I'm just gonna continue forward and like I think I have definitely existed in both places throughout different parts of this year um but like yeah like it is it's really cool to see what happens when like you have time to be like how do I think about myself who am I where am I now and like what feels good and what do I want to feel yes oh my god that is an incredible incredible analogy of this year maskers baby take the fucking take the red pill I hope I said the right one I, there's a chance I said the wrong I think the red pill is the one we get out of the matrix get out of the matrix do the hard <laughs> do the hard choice it won't feel good but it's freedom it's joy <laughs> dude you are so sick <laughs> wow i'm gonna think about that every morning now because my therapist said something 
so eloquent the other day and I'm probably gonna fuck it up but (laughs) she said every day at the foot of your bed you are met with lethargy Mm. how to not connect productivity with Mm. meaning when I didn't have a goal to work towards I felt so Mm. apathetic I felt like I was a worthless piece Mm. of shit and I had to take a really hard look at myself and be like, you cannot think these things mm-hmm. about yourself because you're not defined by your ability to yeah. make things or do things that are productive. Mm-hmm. Like you are a human mm-hmm. and you exist and there's that. And then there's also the things that you're working totally. towards. But fucking apathy is like very, very hard. Absolutely. To Especially when... as an American. Like... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially, yeah, because we're just taught like, to be these productive ass cells and so when we have that productivity just like ripped out from underneath us it's just it's so perplexing but also so powerful because i've just been able to i I feel like adapting this Mm. year we all deserve fucking gold oh my gosh (laughs) more than we deserve like like you know what we deserve is a universal basic income (laughs) (laughs) I am just snapping here and and health yeah, insurance. And health Let's just insurance, keep adding things. please. Well, also this is a this is a, so I did I have some notes because I thought that this would be fun. Um, and this yes. this is actually yes. a natural a good little natural transition. So I um I thought that also um so as I was like thinking about like give space and like what we were going to talk about and like work um and life um and sort of like what has informed how I both like hope to organize in the world and also am thinking about work. I thought that this would be a good time to do a little primer on the thoughts of creative labor and radical black feminism um, and the fight for socialism um, in our country. Um, So this is what I'm just going to like brief, do a quick little history pop in, pop in some good thinkers and thoughts that I like. So I think like the biggest theme for me or I think like why it feels really important to talk about this right now um, is a because of like the legacy of so many thinkers who have like been fighting um, before us and I think like also this year for me has been like very disillusioning as I think for most people Um, and I think like I am trying to remember that like these material realities of suffering are not new like while they feel like yeah which is like very basic but I think that like trying to like really like hold myself accountable to being like there have been so many people who have fought for like where we are now and like now it is our time like now it is our time to like fight forward um and also I think like coming to terms with the fact that like we are so conservative like we are so conservative and so like breaths away from like fucking Victorian bullshit and like all of the like matrices of like classism and racism and sexism are really just like cooking along or cooking along um, and like regrowing mm-hmm. in a way that is uh, like deepening and separating us all in like a very crazy way. So I thought that this would be a good time to talk a little bit about hope um, and the people who have like sort of like given us um, and myself the language to like um, try to think more expansively about like how we can work and how we can exist and what we deserve. I, I so pardon. I'm gonna make some some caveats here. First off, being that I have a bachelor's degree, I am not a professor, um, but <laughs> I do think that like these concepts are so essential um, to like how we can imagine living right now, how we can continue forward. And also, I will say that this is condensed and by no means exhaustive probably gonna make mistakes so anybody please comment and tell me how to change here comes a little history on the thinking of creative labor an intersectional perspective um focusing on the work of radical black feminists um who have been the like juggernauts of fighting for um taking apart our imperialist white supremacist capitalist patriarchy from the fucking beginning um and whose like resistance and existence are completely counter to those um for so i think like the first thing feels also like very important to talk about is how from the like very beginning of the fights for 
right? And equality, like it, it has always been intersectional amongst black feminists. Um, it has always been socialist and it has always been anti-military. Black feminism is a sect of feminism that's sort of, uh, it's like arguable when it appeared. Many theorists sort of point to like the mid um, 1960s as when it like becomes named movement. Um, but like there are the roots of black feminism from the beginning of feminism and well, 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 well before like from the beginning of time. Um, so black feminism basically focuses on the idea that the experience of being a black woman cannot just be grasped in terms of blackness or womanhood, um, but must be thought intersectionally. Intersectionality is a term coined by Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 to basically describe how the different forces of oppression are all constantly interconnected and engaging one another, whether that's your race, your class, your sex, all of these things are co-created and co-creating of one another. Secondarily, Black feminism focuses on the viewpoints and standpoints of Black women because of their unique experiences and commonalities shared by Black women as a group. That is not to say, however, that like Black feminism is in any way universalizing Black women's experience. Um, black feminism is very, very central in talking about how there are commonalities of outlook and experience, but the diversities of everything from class, religion, age, sexual orientation, like all the different pieces that make up personhood can lead to different expressions and understandings of these themes. And finally, Black feminism is focused that while there is a Black women's standpoint, um, that the contours of that standpoint are not necessarily clear to each individual person, and that the growing body of literature and work will forever be changing to sort of like figure out what this means, where it fits, and how it's changing over time. So that's a very, very short definition of what Black feminism is. And now here we're going to go into a little bit of history. Uh, oh, yes. So feminism. Um, in the like early 1900s, feminism comes up. It's all about suffrage um, and is led primarily by white women. It's a movement that basically completely alienates black women while also like using them as figureheads. Many like famous speeches of this early part of the movement w would basically be like co-opted and like ain't I a woman by Sojourner Truth. And then like the next lady would come up and be like votes for us, but nobody else. And so black women throughout this time were really disenfranchised and pressed by this feminist movement. And so in the early 1900s, the National Association of Colored Women's Clubs was founded in 1904. The NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, was founded in 1909. So then also throughout this period of history, first wave feminism is like really picking up steam. We're getting closer to voting rights. Um, and we're working towards the like later 1950s and 60s feminism which theorists call second wave feminism. Second wave feminism is centered around politics of liberation and sexual freedom and work. Many Black feminists of the time, however, uh, critiqued this movement because inherently the idea that like women's right to work outside of the home and expansion of reproductive rights is racist because Black women have been working outside of the home forever due to economic standards and also um, have been undergoing compulsory sterilization in America and elsewhere for pretty much as long as there has been colonialism. Mm -hmm. And so this is happening in America. We're going to hop over now to Italy uh, real fast. So in 1970, there is a theorist um, who's an Italian Marxist named Maurizio Lazzarato. Um, and he and a bunch of other um, theorists of this time begin um, working on a concept of what they call immaterial labor. Um, and immaterial labor basically talks about the idea that there is labor. So in traditional labor theory and in economy and Marxism at the time, like basically labor was thought of as like, I create a product. Like I'm working in a factory. That's my labor. I work in mm -hmm. an office. 
that's my labor. Immaterial labor talks about all of the other aspects of what can be labor, from creative labor, from thought labor, from domestic labor, like all of these different ways that this leads to a wages for housework campaign in 1972, which is asking for wages for domestic work amidst the uneven and gendered privatization of labor. So basically being like, women are staying at home, we should be paid too, we deserve like economic freedom, and also cleaning the house is a job, and like all the other aspects of like maintaining a life um, is a job. So in the 70s in America, there begins a group called Black Women for Wages for Housework, and this group was fighting for reparations for slavery um, and against imperialist and neocolonial violence, Um, and this happens in like 1977, so we're like getting closer to the end. So also in working with um, the National Welfare Rights Organization, which is another very large um, like group at this time that was functioning and trying to organize around getting money into poor communities, this is the point where um, welfare payments began to be called a wage. And that led to like a huge change in policy. Radical organizing can change language, which then can change our life. And that's so important and amazing. Also, going back to the fact that wages for housework has always been anti-war and anti-militarist um, and from the beginning has called for funds to pay for um, unwaged work from military budgets. So I think that's another people have been crying out being like please stop buying guns and just give us money to live um and that while very disheartening i think is so important to like rally around the aspects of like i think it's so easy to get lost in being like i deserve a fair wage and then like being subsumed by capitalism and like militarism and all these things and i think like we it's just so important to think expansively about how we can sort of undermine and undo these systems and provide resources to those in greatest need. Also, at this time, um, I'm going to jump into one of my favorite pieces of writing of all time, which is the Combahee River Collective Statement from 1977. So this is like a very seminal feminist text, but this was a group (laughs) of, I don't know how to say the river's name, Black thinkers and women who felt very alienated by the sexism of Black power movements and racism um, within the lesbian and feminist liberation movements. Um, And so basically they began to meet once a year and have some to sort of talk about organizing and how they can resist actively and subtly against the rule of white men and create their goal was to create a politics that was both actively anti-racist and anti-sexist and within this a politics that is inherently dealing with class and gender embracing the complexities of politics economics and sexual positioning this also was very 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 important because of the way that the Combahee River Collective centered Black women's voices without any separatism. So at this time, there was like lots of separatist groups, both like lesbian separatists and Black separatists who are basically being like, give us our own state. Like, we just want to piece the fuck out. Like, this world is shit, bye. And the Combahee River Collective very radically was like we absolutely have a shitload of criticism and loathing for the ways that like men have been socialized and all of the other aspects of like oppressors in our world however don't agree we being the Combahee River Collective that it is maleness per se but rather like it's socializing that makes them Um, and so they were trying to push against this idea of separatism related to biological determinism um Meaning basically like we don't believe that any one group will do better than everyone. And also we very clearly as black women want to stay connected to our elders and our children and our families and create like a more collective and socialized means of care. And talking about how, once again, liberation needs to be holistic and focused on those most at risk, because this way liberation means ending all oppressive systems. So unless everyone is free like no one is free and while (laughs) black women who are at the onus of all of these like different and like lowest point on the hierarchies of oppression scale are not like free and safe no one is free and safe so these groups also began to fight very specifically for wages and care income um this has sort of been subsumed by like ubi and universal basic income arguments now but like this is my my brief propaganda period where i'm just going to say we need to change income we need to change income work is itself is 
the is the is the trouble right now um all right so now jumping to a slightly different the threads will all connect people i promise but so i think uh we're gonna now jump over to talking about the growing precarity of work which i think is very much tied to this idea of mutual care and care incomes and i think um another very important means of thinking about how our economy has changed um so over the last like 20 years i guess now like 40 years since about like the 80s um, we've been like dealing with neoliberalism um, and neoliberalism is um, a contemporary uh, political movement basically talking about market-oriented reform policies and privatization. So basically getting rid of price controls, deregulating markets, lowering trade barriers, um, giving companies more rights, um, and having less state influence in the economy, meaning that there are all privatized healthcare, like there's no social food systems, like everything is left to the individual, assuming, and also neoliberalism has like an underlying assumption that like, if it's very like pull yourself up by the bootstraps like if you are a hard worker neoliberalism will help you this is not the case um as we have seen this like growing shift of privatization we've also seen a growing precarity of work people are working more than ever they are working many 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 jobs with far less security so like this is not anything new but uh, I think the clearest example is sort of like thinking about our grandparents versus thinking about us now. Like you get a job and your job is not going to pay for your health care. Your job is not going to pay for your retirement. Your job is not going to pay you if you break your leg, probably, um, unless you get lucky. And all of these things were assumed. Like all of these things were very much given truths of our society, not even hundred years ago and like these things are very new and I think like as a working person now it can feel so strange to be like how is it possible to survive right now but like the answer is it's never been like this and it's harder than ever in, in many 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 ways especially if you are not in a position of privilege or power and so I think like so along with this shift to speeding up of work our economy has changed so much like what work is fundamentally is completely different than it was 50 years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Now our economy is so based on immaterial labor and thought labor, like the, and, and quote unquote creative labor. I think like for me, I think all work is creative labor because there are aspects of creativity and ingenuity and no matter what you're doing. But I think like we are seeing a huge shift towards economies that are run by like the commodity is a concept the commodity is a brand the commodity is an emotion um and as that has happened as well like we have far less security because people need to be less skilled and also everyone is so highly educated like we have this huge mass of people who are vying for these positions that are not going to protect them and and now like today people have seen these huge negative impacts both on like the quality of the work and their feelings of security the feelings of career like all these things like quality of life outside the workplace especially if you have kids but still like there isn't really any pushback so i think there have been many thinkers who have sort of tried to figure out like why this is and i think one of the big reasons is that like we have been sold that like this new form of work is better like that we are getting privileges that make it so we want to self-express so many industries and jobs are dealing with like the emotional aspect of what work is like so much of what people are willing to do is around either like the lifestyle it provides or like the quote meaningfulness of their work like or the amount that you want to be like in the room like I think we can look at any sort of different industry I think one of the clearest ones is like performance or any kind of creative industry is that like because you are able to say like I'm a creative like or like my work style means that I am also a writer a painter an actor whatever it is to have that moniker or like identity or meaning then makes you so much more rife to be taken advantage of because the systems have yep. been built in a way that they're like well you get to be an actor so you've just got to do what you've got to do um and that's yep. the way it is um and then speak on it yeah and i think we're also dealing with like so many intersections of like once again power um in the ways that the system reproduces itself that there are so many people who have a little bit more power who are then being like well like 
I have the money to like have five internships. And so I'm going to take my five internships. And then that's the person who gets the gig. So like there is this huge aspect of people who are like by saying yes to the like slightly exploitative thing or being like, I'm going to say yes to this job that doesn't pay me enough, but like have my parents support my other half of my rent. And that that choice and that that existence because i don't think it's necessarily a choice in some senses but like that that is actively reproducing the system so i think that's one thing that i would ask especially anyone who's listening who has power to be like if you are existing in a a place that is possible because of your positioning can you say no like is there another way around i don't know like ask yourself just ask yourself Um, yeah and i think if i can interject i think another thing that's huge is Owning that privilege and proclaiming yeah. that privilege. Yeah, and, and like, using your money. Like, putting your, money where, putting your yeah. money where your mouth is. Just saying, having the self-awareness to be like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. This is how I'm doing it. Like, X. Asking, like, what you're selling and yeah like what like what are you selling what are you selling and what are you being paid for like and and what does that mean like and i don't think that there are any clear answers to that for any job but i think important questions to be asking and like if you're asking those questions and being like oh shit i really don't like those answers like maybe get the fuck out like maybe get the fuck out i think also at this point i'm just gonna plug again going i'm gonna i'm parting my very piecemeal and weird diatribe uh i think also thinking about like if you are in a work scenario where you have to be there or like you're trying to subsist or survive, like what does it mean to not be a good worker? Like what does it mean to perform being a good worker for your boss? But like, like steal post-it notes, like take home all of the stuff you can, like read a book once you finish your thing, but like, don't let your manager see you. Like take your time, take your time, do what you need to do. And then take your time, like sabotage, sabotage, sabotage. Can you expand on what the meaning of work sabotage is like why is that important for someone to do um well i think it's a means of disrupting capital is the first one like it's a means of disrupting the system and it's a means of resist we don't have an option of whether or not we get to work unless you're fucking rich but that's also not that you didn't make we don't have that option we do have the option to work smartly and savvily and like play the system as much as we possibly can um within reason like another big uh idea of a lot of labor theorists is that like often nonprofits or like the uh, organizations that are most like feel good or like like have an emotional capacity to it are often the most abusive um and will pay you the least so like there is no such thing as like a an ethical or a good job like no matter what we're doing like it's not good like it's not good there are good aspects to it like even if you're like a fucking doctor saving lives like you're still a part of the insurance system like nobody's free yeah so i think that's one thing that's like really important to think about and i think especially if you are a creative worker there's so much of creative work is bullshit and then five minutes of like truly unalienated bliss like just like i'm doing my do i'm following my passion like the moment you're on stage the moment you read the poem like the moment whatever that moment is um that then makes all the other shit so much more worth it so i think like when you're in those other parts like really trying to ask yourself what those actions and choices and emotions mean both for yourself and for the larger economic system and especially for the larger economic system of whatever field you're in like those are just important questions to always be re-examining and checking in with um because like yeah it's just super easy to find yourself in a place where like you are really actively being a cog of like evil 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 shit because you're like i'm gonna get to the next thing like i'm gonna do better and also that like as creators i think we have like such a powerful connection to our product um that like we can like we then are like there's like the imagination that we own it like or that like 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 even if that's not the case at all um that like if you're like a designer or whatever that you're like oh like i've made this beautiful project and i've paid my 500 dollars, but then like that person is making a shitload of money for the campaign like i think like trying to ask for more um transparency and clearness is so important and i think especially if you're a freelancer like if you're a freelancer a couple of freelancing things that i feel are so important um number one make a contract write a contract for yourself like 
find someone in your industry, ask them if they have a contract, see if they'll send it to you, look at it, modify it for yourself. Like make sure that you have a way to be able to get people to fucking pay you. Because like also the other thing about freelancing that nobody fucking tells you is that if you're a freelancer, Roxanne Gay just tweeted this earlier this week, 15% of the time, or if you're a lower down, probably way much more is going to be you being a collections agent being like, please give me my money. Like, please give yeah. me my money. Um, and in that sense, any way that you can like protect yourself is so important because like in creative fields, there is no standardization of like salary or whatever. Like you could be, it, it's like, it could be a one-time thing. It could be a commission. It could be royalties. Like it could be like anything. So like in that sense, just like think really carefully as you're entering into deals and try to ask for what you deserve and talk to other, just talk to other people. Like, I think that's the other like biggest lesson from organizing across time is that like our greatest power is in collective and like helping one another and learning from one another and being honest and open with one another about where we are how we got there um and how we can help you know whether it's on a small scale or huge scale like for me like i feel like so much of my activism this year has just been like talking with my friends like helping my friends send work emails being like how do i navigate the situation like supporting the people around you and like building your community um and i think that's really important as well and then finally i just want to talk a little bit about once again the balance of like trying to live a radical life and the reality of like being under capitalism because like there is nowhere safe like there is nowhere that's safe there's nowhere that's off the grid there's nowhere that's offline and in that sense like we all have to make caveats like we all have to make compromises and those compromises with very 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 real consequences for both yourself and many many other people um and so i think knowing that that's the case just like try i mean this is like you to you who but like try to be kinder to yourself try to really think about redistribution of power and your wealth if you can like try feeding it back mm -hmm. into systems and and just like using your money smartly and kindly um and demand change demand change continue internal work continue talking to your family continue talking to your co-workers and like just get those get those get those bills paid hell yes Colin. and that's my oh oh yes and i have a closing quote for this period of our thing so this is a quote from the combahee river collective from 1977 Liberation of all oppressed peoples necessitates the destruction of the political economic systems of capitalism and imperialism, as well as patriarchy. We are socialists because we believe that work must be organized for the collective benefit of those who do the work and create the products, and not for the profit of the bosses. Material resources must be equally distributed among those who create these resources. We are not convinced, however, that a socialist revolution that is not also a feminist and anti-racist revolution will guarantee our liberation. And on that, I'm also just going to do one quick aside that, like, no matter how nice your boss is, no matter how cool your boss is, even if your boss is, like, your fucking mom, like, your boss is your fucking boss, and your boss is is a part of, like, a very evil aspect of structure. And I think that's the other thing is, like, also bosses no matter what their goal is to get your work and their profit like no matter what no matter what they're telling you no matter how they're emotionally doing it that's the system and that's the goal and i think that's something to always remember and that like so important to prioritize our humanity and our living conditions and our mental health and our spiritual health and our ability to fight for liberation over being a good worker any and every day hell yes and also and boundaries exactly i mean that is every single boundary every single time your boss is like hey can i overstep this boundary politely say no your boss doesn't need to know that yes. why you don't come in your boss doesn't need to know why you're asking for a raise like all of these things like normalize saying less normalize not apologizing normalize like you are you you are the person giving them the thing that they want like not the other way around i mean yes the other way around because they have the money but remember that you have the mind Yes, that's such important lessons that need to be freaking echoed throughout. Big lessons that need to be learned, yeah. especially this year with everything that you just said. 
Holy hell, I just learned so Yay! much. Yay! <laughs> Thank you so much for just, like, taking the mic and going for it and teaching so much necessary history. Um, because it is, it is a privilege to occupy this space and be able to think mm-hmm. about these things. And knowing the history and knowing the people that work yeah. so goddamn hard to give us this opportunity mm-hmm. to think about these things is really important. And I'm just so appreciative of, of your mind and thank you thank you so much for like it's my pleasure i that. really i apologize for any misspokings or misinformation i have disseminated um and that said like I, okay. I will say that like it is um a true honor i think like one of the very cool aspects of getting to study queer history in school was like learning all of the ways that like there are so many aspects of the struggle right now and things that like are feel like complicated insurmountable and unspoken taboos that like people have been thinking about forever like there is resistance and there has always been resistance and there will always be resistance and now all we can do is like continue working working for tomorrow yo working for tomorrow and but like also while we work for tomorrow remembering yeah. everything that Absolutely. we just talked about Absolutely. and more yeah. And yeah always chance um, to learn always chance to learn well i think i think we can leave it on that like i feel very very good about what oh yeah i hope i hope the editing goes well and thank you everybody for listening it was my pleasure to talk and i can't wait to hear the rest of your guests thank you so much Kalev, and i'm sure we're gonna hear from you again because you have an insane mind and i'm always interested in what you're thinking and what you're truly- doing Our ending sadly got cut off, but I just want to say thank you so much for listening and for being here and wanting to connect. If you have any thoughts or want to explore the topics that were explored in this podcast, please DM me, DM Colive at (laughs) YesColive, or send a message to Give Space Podcast, and I will share it with Colive. We are encouraging you to be part of this conversation. And I'm just very excited that you're here and listening. And if you want to continue supporting this podcast, please leave me a review and follow Give Space Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Mm